0: Hey, fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's why draft is my favorite fantasy site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me, because more than 1 million people have already downloaded draft 2. Play in real live NBA drafts right now, be done in under 5 minutes, and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code LOCavs. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using the promo code LOCavs, and it gets even better because Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering Locked On Cavaliers listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. So, search draft in your favorite app store today or go to draft.com and come play for free right now with the promo code draft
1: you are locked on cavaliers your daily podcast on the cleveland cavaliers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Cavaliers for Wednesday, January 31st, the last day of the first month of 2018. That certainly flew by. Uh, My name is Chris Manning. I am the site manager at FreeTheStore.com and the host of this Locked on Cavaliers podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Tuesday was a wild day for the Cavaliers. Uh, We started off the day with that Bleacher Report story. About how Dan Gilbert is maybe running the Cavs' front office. Isaiah Thomas is reportedly a favorite of Dan Gilbert. A, a look at how Dan Gilbert and four other or five other staff members went and personally scouted the Colin Sexton Trey Young matchup from over the weekend down in, in the South. So that happened, and then Dwayne Wade made his return. That would normally be enough for a normal situation. That would be. Enough, but we also heard news that George Hill, the trade fell apart because the Cavs didn't want to take on future salary from him. You can read that if you're the sword. And then Kevin Love in the first quarter of Cavs Pistons got hurt. The Cavs lose this game 125 to 114. Kevin Love leaves in the first quarter without a rebound or a point. A issue with his hand that is going to keep him out six to eight weeks. Now the doctor types out there are going to be smarter in this than you. He does still need to be evaluated. Windhurst from ESPN is the one reporting the six to eight weeks, but it is a non-displaced fracture of the fifth metacarpal in his left hand. This is going to be the fourth overall handbrake for Kevin Love in his career. One on his left hand in 2009, two others that led him led him to play only 18 games in 2012-13 um, with his with his right hand when he broke his third and fourth metacarpals. That is where we're at. Kevin Love is going to be out of the All-Star game. He's gonna be out of everything with the Cavs for the next six to eight weeks. So instead of a full-on recap of this of what's going on with the Cavs right now and that in that game, which I I don't think will tell you very much about this team because of everything that happened, we're gonna have a you'll hear a full breakdown of the of the injury and what this can mean for the Cavs in terms of play, tread deadline, all of that with Jeff Siegel uh, from the Step Back Peachtree Hoops blazer's edge one of my favorite absolute favorite nba twitter people out there um in in the Twitterverse. verse um, but if you're looking for a couple of things from this game to me that stood out number one uh jeff uh, jay crowder excuse me was the one who got the start in the second half for uh for kevin love i think that's the lineup you're going to see going forward number two Isaiah thomas had kind of another rough game he picked up two fouls early had four turnovers in the early going as well. Finished with six against just five assists. But did get to the line 13 times and made 12 of three throws for a 19.9. That minus 25 for him is, is still not great. But if you're looking for some positives from Isaiah, you got something out of this. And Channing Fry, 20 points for him off the bench and and played really, really well in battling Drummond. And Dwayne Wade in his, in his game back... 18 points, 6 of 8 shooting, got to the line 9 times, making 5 of his attempts, now 32nd on time passing Larry Bird and, and on the NBA's all-time scoring list. That is all you need to know from that game. It sets up a home game for the Cavs on Wednesday against the Heat that if they lose, they will be 4th in the in the East. That That is where they're at. They're only half a game ahead of Miami now, and Miami's a, a pretty solid team. But uh, what matters now is this Kevin Love injury. Uh, this is another big blow for this Cavs team. Everything about this about that injury, you're gonna get in that conversation. Um, we're gonna come back to that Bleacher Report article on Friday with with Greg will we'll recap. Cavs heat tomorrow, and then you'll have a full breakdown of, of what's going on with the Cavs Run office and a look ahead at the deadline on Friday. Plus, um, if you saw it on Twitter, uh, Trevor Magnati will be on probably Saturday or Monday show. Um, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking Monday. Uh, will be a breakdown of the Nets pick in full, and then Jordan Durham will be on next week to help me preview the deadline. So a lot coming up, but today, Jeff Siegel, all about Kevin Love's injury and what this means for the Cavs moving forward. I um, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, use draft, use that promo code LOCavs, and and win some money and, and take your mind off the Kevin Love injury. But we'll talk to you tomorrow after Cavs, heat, but again, the Cavs lose to the to the Pistons 124 to 114 and lose their all-star power forward in the process talk to you soon have a great Wednesday you are locked on Cavaliers
1: your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Joining me on Lockdown Cavaliers is Jeff Siegel. You can find his work at The Step Back and Fan Sighted. Jeff, uh, as well as various SB Nation sites like Peachtree Hoops. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. And you, as you we talked about this, Kevin Love, as the listeners should know by now, is going to be out six to eight weeks with a broken, uh, with a non-displaced fracture in his left hand, the fifth metacarpal. Um, what, what, is, what is your initial reaction to Kevin Love being out that long for this Cavs team?
1: I mean, I think it's just super unfortunate, obviously, for the team. For him, you know, he was not exactly lighting the world on fire, neither was the the team as a whole, but it's, it's really just unfortunate that as they're going through all this stuff, reintegrating IT back into the lineup, just, you know, going through a lot, you know, just personally and on the court that he's now going to miss, you know, six to eight weeks, and he won't be back until, you know, maybe early April, you know, and then only have two weeks and then the playoffs, and it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be tough for them to sort of get him back and, and reintegrate him back into the lineup uh, with uh, so you know so few days to go until the playoffs start.
0: To me, that is the the biggest thing here, and we're going to get into what they're going to do in with lineups in the short term, how this could affect uh, affect their trade deadline approach now that that's coming up next next Thursday. Uh, and and this comes at not the greatest time in in that regard as they're trying to make deals already and they have some fall through but to me that is the the biggest thing here is Kevin Love was someone that I thought was having a great year, Um, I think a slightly underrated year before IT came back and I think he's struggled to stay at that level since Isaiah Thomas has come back and that makes sense Um, Isaiah Thomas is someone that shoots a lot, that needs the ball in his hands that was going to happen and that was going to affect LeBron, it was going to especially affect Kevin Love if if you've watched the Cavs the last couple years that has been something that is he's the guy that gets pushed to the side first for Kyrie Irving and now for, for Isaiah Thomas and I think they need IT and Kevin Love to gel. They need those two guys to know how to play together and know how the, that relationship uh, with LeBron it was really going to work and I think the only way you can get that especially on a veteran team that is known and I practice a lot was going to be through game reps. Now at the at the best at best you're getting Kevin Love back in the middle of of March and we, it's too early for us to know you know how likely is he, he comes back in 6 weeks instead of 8 um you know what the exact MRI is going to tell us all that information as as we're talking about this it's Tuesday night we don't know what the Cavs have seen once they've evaluated him back in Cleveland all we know is that there's the fracture. He had the X ray. We're gonna more evaluation in Cleveland. Uh, so he, but he, and he's gonna be out a while. But I, in my mind, that is the the biggest thing here is that there's just it just takes away so much needed time for a group that was already struggling in so many ways to actually get to know how to play together.
1: Yeah, I mean the the I T Love thing is is the most important connection. Obviously, LeBron and Love have been playing together for a few years, and LeBron can really pretty much fit with anybody. But that that Thomas Love connection had to be. You know had to be worked on over these next few months until the playoffs start and now they're going to lose you know they're going to lose all of that pretty much other than maybe the last two to four weeks depending on when love comes back like you said but you know and then it's you know then it's time to to go in the playoffs and are they going to sort of work things out during the first you know first round of the playoffs that's sort of how they've traditionally done things and sort of ramp it up in that first mm-hmm. round and get going and then make the finals but you know this is a, an entirely different team and you know, they've really never dealt with something like this, where, where you know, Thomas and Love really just haven't gelled at all, haven't been able to click much at all, and uh, you know, they're they're going to have to figure it out very quickly once Love's uh, back in the lineup.
0: I think you make a good point. Does this Cavs team deserve the same benefit of the doubt? that we've seen other I think the the Cavs teams at least of the last years kind of I think had earned at least at least the the one at least one of those years that they would be able to flip that switch that they would be able to kind of figure things out in the playoffs and yes like last year you could say they didn't figure out their defense really but it was at least pat a tad bit more passable do you do you think this Cavs team deserves that same benefit about that they can get kevin love back and then just figure it out when they're playing you know in, a, in some sort of matchup in the in the first round of the eastern conference playoffs
1: when you have lebron you always get the benefit of the doubt on pretty much everything like there's just it's whether i don't you know it doesn't I, for me it doesn't matter like i think lebron gets the benefit of the doubt he'll get the guys ready you know, Ty Lue will get his guys ready. Like, everything is going to... I think... I still believe that they're the best team in the East, even though they've been just woeful defensively, and that, you know, this Thomas Love thing hasn't quite clicked. But I, I just think when it comes time for the playoffs, LeBron steps his game up, everybody steps their game up, sort of in tandem with him, and it's it should be okay. But this is certainly the worst, uh, the worst LeBron year in Cleveland, you know, in this second Cleveland stint, uh, in terms of just, you know, how... Apoplectic, they look sometimes on the floor, and just how how bad the defense, in particular, has has looked this year.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think if if the, you were gonna feel concerned about a cast, I think the first year was was fair with how they looked in the first, uh, you know, the the nineteen and twenty start, and then I think this year with all the new pieces, with how Isaiah has looked, with with the age, with the the kind of one dimension of a lot of guys, I think that's a fair concern. And, and right now, um, it'll it'll change. They're gonna drop a half game back, and I don't know if the Heat. Um, are playing, I don't think they're playing on Tuesday, but the, this right now, as we look at the NBA standings, the Cavs um, entered their game against the Pistons that, they're, that they lost 5.5 back of Boston uh, in the in Eastern Conference and, and 4.5 and back of Toronto, so they're, they're, they're the 3 seed. This loss will put them 6 back of, of Boston, 1.5 back of Toronto. 1 seed seems a little bit out of the question. It's possibly going to run, but Boston's been good, even if they've struggled the last two weeks that's just a big gap this late in the season even though there's still like technically a lot of season but that's still a large gap and but miami's right there at they're only gonna be half a game ahead of the heat barely ahead of the wizards barely ahead of the bucks and the pacers as well with the sixers and then the pistons um out of the playoffs, but a little bit farther down And the sixers as the eighth seed but a little bit farther down i mean do, could you see this kevin love injury causing them to tumble at all in the East standings and if they do what does that mean if we see a lebron team that's not a top three seed for some reason
1: yeah, I mean they play Miami tomorrow night in Cleveland, so like it's gonna be they're gonna have that immediate test of like, okay, this is the team that is chasing you in the standings. You know, who's gonna step up and and take them down? And you know, maybe we'll see a vintage LeBron game. Maybe we'll see J.R. Smith awaken for the first time all year. Uh, you know, it's we'll see who who sort of steps up against against the Heat. But you know, going back to your question, I think if they They tumble down into the, you know, fourth, fifth, maybe even the sixth seed. I would, you know, that would surprise the hell out of me, but it's not impossible given the way that this team has sort of, you know, failed to, to really turn it up so far this season, especially defensively, obviously losing love and inserting a lot more Tristan Thompson into the lineup, you know, as we'll, we'll get to in a minute here will probably help them defensively, but you know, then it'll bring. You know, it'll that brings with it some of the the offensive woes that that Thompson produces. And then if they go Channing Fry, that's just a, a much worse version of Love. If they go, you know, to Ante Zizich, obviously he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time, and that's probably indicative of his talent at this point. You know, or if they go out on the buyout market, somebody like Andrew Bogut might be somebody to just come in and stop up minutes. Uh, you know, for this team over the next eight weeks or so. So it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't totally surprise me if he if if the Cavs sort of drop down a little bit, and if they enter the, the playoffs as even the fourth or fifth seed, I think they're still the most dangerous team, and they're still the team that, that nobody wants to see in, in the second and third rounds.
0: Right now, looking at the Cavs' schedule, it's going to be tough for them, um, just looking at the next couple weeks. So they play, as, as Jeff mentioned, they play the Heat uh, on Wednesday, then they host the Rockets on Saturday, then they get the Magic next week and the Wolves next week and the Hawks next week before they play in Boston on on, on February 11th. Uh, so that's not exactly a forgiving schedule <laughs> that that is not exactly a, a run of schedule that you should feel like they're going to have easy games and the magic game could in the magic I think were tied for the, being the worst team in the league at the at the moment the hawks are not are, are right there as well but you have uh, a top four team in the West, the best team in the East and and the Rockets are the second best team in the NBA. And plus the heater right behind you in the schedule. This is, this is not going to be a, I think an opportunity for this team to be able to kind of ease into life without Kevin Love, who's been their second best player who provides spacing, rebounding uh, some playmaking there. They're, they're, they're going to be less. I mean, just the threat of the outlet pass is no longer there and that's going to make them a little less dangerous on the break they're going to have no time, I think, to adjust to this absence. They're just going to have to go into it. They have two hard games right off the bat. They're just going to have to adjust to life right off the way. And I wonder if – I don't know this yet. It's too early to say. Um, Lou hasn't talked about it yet, but you you would imagine they're going to probably practice at least a little bit more Thursday, Friday, or do some sort of game planning to kind of figure out what they're going to do. Jeff, when you, when you look at what what's different now, the, the, what they did in this game against the Pistons was put Jay Crowder in um for kevin love when he left the game and so that was with the starters it was isaiah jr smith lebron james jay crowder tristan thompson would that be what you would start for the Cavs now that kevin love is out would that be the starting lineup you try to use first
1: yeah i think that's the lineup you go to first and you just and you see sort of how that how that group meshes together how that group gels and just see if if crowder can sort of uh you know provide even a modicum of of the spacing that that love was providing obviously he's not the playmaker he's not the rebounder that that love was or love is and uh you know but i think that's that's the the obvious sort of starting lineup and then you sort of see you know it's really going to to push them down down the roster a little bit more than than it will in the the starting lineup because you'll still have lebron you'll still have it you know i think it it's It'll be fine for them in the starting lineup just to insert Crowder for love. It's really more about like what happens, you know, in the at the end of the first quarter or beginning of the second when they've got to go to the bench. Is that going to be Fry or Zizic, like we talked about? Are they going to go to one of those no center lineups with, you know, either LeBron or Crowder or or Jeff Green at center, you know, whoever you pick as the as the center in that alignment. You know they've been, you know, not awful with those three on the floor with no, uh, with no center, you know, with no traditional center. Um, but you know, it, it'll be interesting to see sort of how Lou goes with the, those bench lineups more so than, than for me, at least the intrigue with the starting lineup, I think Crowder just slots right in and, and can play that, that role, at least, you know, with some modicum of, of efficiency and, and he can, he can do pretty well there, but it's really more about what they do, you know, when, even if LeBron, you know, when LeBron does have to sit, obviously that's going to be a problem, but you know, just when, uh, you know, when it's, when it's time to go to some of the backups.
0: I think the things to watch with that starting lineup will. I think for one, rebounding is is going to be key for Crowder. Now the, the, he's not a rebounded a well this year, and I think there are. It's not just him. I think some of the structure of the role he's played has contributed to that to to some degree. But he has the worst. Uh, at the last time I checked, the the worst defensive and overall rebounding percentage of his career, and that's that's a problem. I, and I think Tristan Thompson should cover for some of that. I think he, having Tristan there with him should help. Um, some, but I, I think if you're looking at what he's going to have to do, he's going to first, I think, have to rebound. And, and it puts the Cavs, again, playing a little bit smaller, something they just went away from. And the second thing, he's going to have to shoot well. And he has not been someone teams teams look at this year. And I, I think one of the problems the Cavs are going to face now is it's not going to be a lot of space out there for for LeBron and Torque And that puts pressure on IT to perform right away. I think he's kind of the guy now that's going to have to do the most. Um, he's obviously not filling in for... Kevin loves directly, but he's going to have to take up some of that scoring line and take up some of that, some of that spacing. And if you look at what Jake is going to have to do just, and he's going to have to become someone teams uh, tried to actually respect from three point range right now, he's shooting, 32.2% from three that was coming into Tuesday on 3.6 attempts per game we've seen teams all year have guarded him with centers you know maybe that doesn't happen now because they have they're going to be guarding Biggs Richardson Thompson who I uh, guess someone they want to mark on the offensive glass but the Cavs now have two guys on the floor at minimum with LeBron which is the like the almost like half the opposite of of what you'd want to what you want to do around LeBron with the shooting they have two guys that teams are just gonna ignore and have got let guys roam into the paint that is that is something I don't it's gonna muck up the Cavs' offense and I, I don't think it, it's not unsolvable um you know maybe you have you have to kind of go to different lineups quickly but i I think that is sort of the the biggest thing there is like I think their offense is going just gonna look a little more cramped now without Kevin Love and I think people right away that's the visible thing I think you'll see is that just the offense is tighter now without Kevin love there to space the floor.
1: I think, uh, I wonder if Jeff Green's going to get a shot at, at things, especially if Crowder just doesn't, you know, it doesn't get off to, to a good start in the starting lineup. I think Crowder will be the first, the first guy to get that shot, but I wonder if they'll go to Jeff Green, you know, after a few games, if, if things don't work out quickly, uh, you know, especially if they have, you know, once they get through the all-star break and they have some time there to sort of meet and practice maybe a little bit while, you know, while the, uh while they don't have any games over that week. And maybe that's when they can make a change, go to green in the starting lineup, something uh, along those lines. Or, you know, something that that might be interesting is to try to play Thompson and Fry together. You know, Fry would be that floor spacer, could play center defensively because Thompson's a little bit quicker, could probably stay with most fours. That would be something that they might take a look at. Of course, Channing Fry might not be long for this team and how that sort of affects, how this whole thing affects his trade value is kind of interesting just because, You know, if they're going to send him out the door, that's another big guy who, you know, they won't have access to for the next eight weeks or so. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if Fry gets moved as part of a deal, maybe for George Hill or something, um, you know, as a a result of this injury. But I think a a Fry Thompson front court might be something that they look at, you know, just. In desperation, if if something with Crowder doesn't work out and if Jeff Green doesn't work out,
0: yeah, Jeff Green right now I think is having a better year than Crowder. He's cut really well, but he's less of a shooter but been better on defense. So I, I think that could be something they do look at. Um, before we get to the how this affects Channing Fry and their and their trade market, what do you think this? I I, I kind of gave my opinion on this already, but what do you think this means for Isaiah and and does. I mean, like, do, do, if you're the Cavs, how do you feel about Isaiah right now, considering you're going to need more from him and he hasn't looked very good so far? Like, what, what does this mean for him and as he continues to just try to find his legs?
1: I mean, I wonder, I, I really think this might be like the make or break two months for him. I mean, obviously, it was going to be anyway with him coming up on free agency, but this is really it. Like, if he can get back to 85, 90% of what he was last year, then everybody can go, like, oh, okay. IT's back, we, you know, the, as as a Cavs organization, they might be able to even trade Kevin Love and know, like, IT can step into that role offensively, be the second banana to LeBron, assuming, you know, if LeBron stays. Obviously, if LeBron doesn't stay, then IT, you know, there's no real need for him. But, you know, as a, as a sort of that second banana offensively that they need, that Kevin Love has been, uh, you know, for, for most of this year, especially with IT out, if he can step up, I think that's that's the biggest thing, and so if and if he doesn't, then that doesn't just sort of tank his value with the Cavs. That might really affect how much money he gets this offseason, how much you know, how, how how what the landscape is for him in free agency. I wonder, you know, if he has a poor couple of months and can't really put it together offensively as the uh, as the second banana, like it's going to be. Uh, a big problem just for him personally, and uh, on top of what it would mean for the for Cleveland.
0: If Isaiah Thomas wants the brinks truck of money from Dan Gilbert, this is where he earns it. A, a two month stretch where he is just ninety percent of Boston. It gets LeBron on his side. All of these things that they would he have to do well. This is the stretch we're here into where he puts this rough start behind him and he looks like his old self. He looks like the king in the fourth, the the MVP candidate, all of that, and he keeps the Cavs as like a top two, three seed in the East. That gets Isaiah paid by Dan Gilbert next summer. There's already reporting, and I can't even believe this already. This was on Tuesday as well. There's a whole bleach Report article about the the state of the Cavs by Ken Berger that you should go read. I'll put in the show notes, and. It said that like it and Dan Gilbert have like become close, and that they it is a favorite of Dan Gilbert's. Like this, if he wants to like reaffirm that, this is where he does it. And I think this this is I think the make or break is a, is a very good point on your part. Looking at the trade deadline, the Cavs are a team we we know has already been active. We know that they have been out there looking for things. The George, George Hill, DeAndre Jordan have been names. Uh, per the latest, George Hill seems to be off the table at least for now because the Cavs. Wanted to take some money off the back end of that deal in case LeBron left this summer. Um, Channing Frye would have been in that deal, um, but let's start with Channing. let start with Channing Frye. Just doesn't does this injury to Kevin Love make it harder to, to use Channing Frye and his expiring contract in a deal now? Like is it just harder to justify trading him even if he's one of the only ways you can match salary?
1: I think it's it's something that they would consider but it, it I don't think that they would they would take fry off the market in order to you know it, to stand in the way of say a George Hill trade if that if that comes to pass or or if so, you know something else involving fry I think they would they could trust themselves to to grab somebody off the buyout market somebody who you know like a Bogut like somebody like that who would want to play with LeBron who would want to, you know, take the minimum to come play for Cleveland, you know, or maybe even a, a New Orleans Noel if he can get a buyout? That would obviously be a be a, a great fit there now that Love's out, and he would get a real chance to shine over the next couple months. Somebody like that, I think that they could. They could trade Fry even before the deadline, and know you know within a couple of weeks here we're gonna buy, we're gonna grab somebody off the buyout market to soak up those minutes if Fry even really gets a shot here, which I you know I would assume he does. Yeah, I assume he gets the the shot at the as the backup center, but you know it's you know re, it remains to be seen if he really gets that shot or they're gonna go super small with LeBron Green and Crowders as, as sort of one of those guys as the center that that front court trio, but uh, I don't think it would it would impact his trade value too much, but it wouldn't. You know, if they're just looking to sort of get off of his salary for tax purposes, maybe they don't do that, you know, that part of it just because, you know, they do. They they will need him over the next, uh, you know, over the next two months while while Love's out.
0: The Cavs could send two very small salaries. Um and it gets, The money is not perfect because, it, like, if they sent like, – I pulled it up in the trade machine for no while. They have this trade exception. That they could use on, on while, I believe for the the Kyrie Irving trade exception, um, which they would still have to per the trade machine. They still have to cut for a little over four million uh, to kind of make that work. But the, the the minimum salaries get tricky there. So like that, but I, I like that idea. Um, I think the I think Fry is interesting because you could argue from a from a personality standpoint. He's someone that I think they, they kind of need in, in a way. Like this team sort of needs that presence. They don't have that if he's gone. But it's that, is that a reason to not trade somebody? Probably not. You know, probably that's probably not a reason to not deal somebody. And I wonder if this – my kind of big thing is I wonder if them, this makes them want to go bold. Because if Kevin Love is out and he's your second best player or, you know, second um, with, with – because IT is actually second when he's healthy, whatever you want to – how you want to put it. I wonder if this this just makes them feel like they have to get LeBron something now, and I don't know what that means for the Nets pick. I don't know what that means for, you know, their their overall stack of ish okay ish assets. But I I, I kind of wonder the, the question is like, does this actually make them does this make them decide to go all in on something? And I don't know what that would be. I don't know if that's DeAndre. I don't know if that's um, george hill again i don't know if that's both of them i don't know if that's trying to get lou will I, I don't know what it would be but i wonder if that's what they try to do because they feel like they they're in a corner and they have to try to do something
1: i wonder how this impacts love's trade value at this as you know as we get close to the deadline i wonder if they start exploring something where you know if they could send out love and get two or three rotation pieces for this year back who can get integrated over these next eight weeks you send them to a team who you know isn't you know, maybe trying to make a playoff push, but doesn't really, you know, isn't is out of the playoffs. But would you know somebody who, I don't know, a team that would could would want him for the future years, but doesn't totally need him for this year. And you get a couple rotation pieces back. You know, you, maybe you have to send a first round pick with that just to make you know make it work for for the team that that's taking him on. But you know something like that where they can get a little bit deeper and then and, and get rid of Love. And obviously, you know that would be a, a big. Problem for them going forward, especially if if LeBron does resign. But like this is the time to do it. You need him to. You need to have some success this year. You need to get back to the finals, really, if you want to, you know, really impact LeBron's decision. I think if they if they go out in the in the uh, conference finals, I don't think he he returns, unfortunately. And so, you know, I think that I wonder if Love, you know, has his his trade value just a little bit, almost pushed up a little bit, only in the fact that. They would be more willing to deal him now that he's going to be out for eight weeks and, you know, they could get back a couple, maybe two or three rotation pieces who could really, you know, push this team forward over the next couple months.
0: Are there, are there besides the guys that we mentioned, are there are there players out there that you think could make sense for this Cavs team?
1: I mean, I think now that Love is out, I think, I mean, so I cover the Hawks for, for Petri Hoops, for SB Nation's uh, blog for the for the Atlanta Hawks, so I just threw that prism, I would, you know, all three of the guys who were on the market for, for Atlanta would be solid fits in, in Cleveland, especially now that, that Love is out. Somebody like Ersan Ilyasova could provide that shooting. Dwayne Dedman can play center, and he's been spacing the floor really well this year. Marco Bellinelli maybe doesn't fit quite so well, just as a sort of off-the-bench shooter. You know, you, you can never really have too many shooters, especially with LeBron, but like He's so bad defensively, like he's the one of the only guys in the league who would make their defense like actively worse. So maybe they they want to stay away from that. But Ilyasova and Deadman are both both solid solid defenders as well. You know, n- not world beaters, not you know first team all defense guys, but guys who will make a terrible Cavs defense slightly better, as well as you know giving you some stuff offensively. So I think those guys might be might be interesting trade candidates. I mean, obviously they can swing for the fences on a guy like Paul George with the Nets pick. Or something like that. I mean, I don't. I don't expect George to be on the market. I don't expect. You know, I don't expect them to really go after somebody big like that. Um, you know, but that that net, especially because that Nets pick has is sort of diminishing in value as we get closer to the draft and as we sort of see that the Nets are you know not going to be one of the three or four worst teams. So it's you know it's going to be hard for them to get a a big fish, I think. But it's it would be it'll be interesting to see if they go go for more help like sort of on the wing just to go to have more lineups but they can go small or if they try to go out and get a big guy to, you know, directly replace Love's minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I – you know, one of the things that's kind of coming to mind as I, as I think about this is I wonder if if you look at um, – if you look at what's going on with the, with the Clippers – you know, I wonder if there's like something crazy out there. and like I don't want to go like full trade machine Picasso on this because I think we're we can get like real complicated in a hurry and it becomes a problem. but like love is this like twenty two million he makes the same as John drew Jordan like he he think like, that is that is just a fact. and I don't know like what you would have to kind of do to give some of this up, but Like you, you do have pieces where you could just throw money out there and just move money and and see where what happens. And you, you have a cap on that. You have a limited number of picks, but, um, and and like you know, you would target someone like Avery Bradley, but like he can't be traded with other salary now. So like, I, some of this it does get kind of complicated. But the Cavs are in a position where they do have some money if they do want to like throw that around. I mean, they, they could do it even and, and see what happens. And I, and I think Love in that case could be interesting. if That's the, the route they decide to go. But, Jeff, we'll let you go on this last note here. Who should replace Kevin Love on Team LeBron? And, by the way, Team LeBron has now had three injuries to it already. John Wall, Kevin Love, um, and DeMarcus Cousins.
1: Well, uh, it's not going to be Jalen Brown because uh, that's ridiculous and I don't know why anybody thought that he should be an all-star and then he started throwing up the 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 whatever emoji that is that's thinking about what, you know, whatever he's I mean that was I don't I don't see where that that really came from it's uh you know in terms of a of a real replacement I think it'll it'll be obviously the way that you know, <clears throat> that uh, that Silver's always done it is the way that that he'll do it again just whoever was next up on that list um I, I, we, I don't think we have access to those. The, the next up, but I think Goran Dragic might be somebody to, to look at. The Heat obviously have, have exceeded expectations this year once again, and have sort of uh, have been been one of the East's best four teams, and might be their third best team if, if this Cleveland thing sort of falls apart as as Love is out. And so I think uh, having a representative like Goran Dragic in the All Star game for them. Would be would be a good uh, a
0: good fit. Uh, no, Dan Waiters on that team either, which is just you know, without Sir pancakes, they deserve even more credit for for being as good as they are. But I think uh, Ben Simmons would be the other name that kind of comes to mind if you're looking at. Eastern Commons replacements. And Jeff and I think I think we it has to be someone from the East. But if not, you know, maybe that opens the door for Lou Will. Um for, for someone else. Drummond has already got you know gotten in and, and so has Paul George. So some of the obvious snubs have gone there feel good in the East. It's just it just gets thinner. It's the weaker conference, it's less star potential. Um, Simmons has been really good and, and you know, like I think people, you know, would you have Boston fans probably arguing for Jalen um, in in that regard, but I think I think it would I think I agree with Dragic, and I think Simmons is kind of the other pick there. And I wonder if I, I wonder if Simmons gets it just because he's the the young guy in in that regard. But I, I think Dragic, uh I think Dragic definitely deserves it. And if they already replaced a guard with a big, maybe it, to, it's, maybe it makes sense to give LeBron's team uh, a point guard, even though they they have all these ball handlers. It just maybe makes sense to give them another one.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, I think Drogic makes the most sense also because, like, if you give it to Simmons, that's Philadelphia, who's on the, I think, either eighth or ninth seed, as as we're talking about this. That gives them two all-stars and gives the Heat, who are the fourth seed, no all-stars. I just think, I mean, I I think they'll go by whoever, you know, whoever was next on the coach's ballot. But I think if I were to just be able to pick anybody from the Eastern Conference, I think I'd pick Dragic. just, you know, for that, for, that sort of tiebreaker between those two
0: with you on that as well so as we wrap it up here Kevin Love out six to eight weeks a lot to consider with this Cavs team a lot to come and never a dull moment in Cleveland or the NBA on the, on the same night as this happens you have James Harden dropping 60 10 and, and 11 is, is last us on the stat line on, on and like 30 shots we're not even we're barely a day removed from Blake Griffin becoming a, a Piston so much going on in the NBA. Jeff Siegel was here to help me break it down, break down this Kevin Love news, um, and we'll see where it's going to be a very fascinating week plus for this Cavs team ahead of the deadline. Jeff, uh, where just tell people where they can find you on Twitter, and just every, everywhere that you write, make sure people know.
1: All right, uh, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JG Siegel. You can find writing about the Hawks, like I mentioned earlier, on Peachtree Hoops, about the Blazers on Blazers Edge, about the other 28 teams on The Step Back, so i'm pretty much all over the place doing little freelance gigs here and there as they come up but you know pretty much everywhere you can follow follow me on twitter that's where everything goes out i do cap sheets i do play by play break you know x's and o's breakdowns like all sorts of stuff so that's that's where to find all my stuff
0: one of my favorite NBA follows go give him a follow and I'm sure he'll have more to say on, on what's coming with for Cavs for the Cavs and Kevin Love but uh, find me on Twitter at cdmemorates Find the pod on Twitter at Lockdown Cavs iTunes Spotify Overcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, find Lockdown Cavs that five-star rating reviews the best way to support the pod and we'll be back tomorrow with the Cavs as we've talked about have a game uh, a game that has a lot will have a lot to say about how this team reacts on uh, on the second half of a back-to-back at home against Miami way Wade's old team, LeBron's old team should be interesting night at the queue. I'm Chris Manning for Lock on Cavs, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.